Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, everybody, to this mystical week. Mm. Do you know why it's a mystical week? Is the planets, have they aligned? It has nothing to do with the planetary <laughs> life. Let me tell you a, a slightly creepy story. Okay. It involves you. Oh. Yeah. I was there. Last week, we did tarot cards. Mm. And as sort of a passing comment, a little bit of a quip, I mentioned that we could make a drinking game out of the predictions of a certain medium. Oh, yeah. Who's very yeah. prevalent here in the UK. Her name was Mystic Meg. Yeah. Now, unbeknownst to us at the time, she actually died several days later. Mm. R.I.P. Mystic Meg. R.I.P. So I would like to change our claim from a drinking game to raising a glass to Mystic Meg. Oh, I've hit the mic again. Well done. Right at the start of the episode. <laughs> Um, so, for anybody out there that doesn't know who Mystic Meg is or was, um, because people obviously under the age of 30 in the UK and anybody yeah. outside the UK is probably not going to know who she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, let me set the scene for you. Back in the 1990s and possibly the early 2000s, the early noughties, uh, everybody wanted to win the lottery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the National Lottery was uh, a live-drawn event. Every Saturday night, millions of people would tune in to BBC One yep. and wait for the lottery draw, ticket in hand, hoping that they were going to win at least one million Great British pounds. Yeah, got to be in it to win it. Exactly. And just before the draw actually started, before they drew the numbers, this woman would come out, called Mystic Meg. Uh, I don't know how old she was, maybe 30 or 40 years old, Mm -hmm. like Cleopatra-style hair, wearing these kind of gypsy-ish clothes, and she'd have a little crystal ball on a table in front of her and some rune stones and tarot cards and that sort of thing. And she'd make a prediction, and it often sounded like, 
Tonight, someone wearing their family tartan will be successful. Also, the numbers three and five, and the Atlantic Ocean will be significant. Ah, that was and a good it, impression. That wasn't bad, was it? And everybody go ooh, and then the lottery draw would take place, and yeah. then the newspapers would go up and down the country searching for people that might actually fit in to this criteria, where they'd find some bloke called. John McTavish, who was wearing his family tartan, who happens to live 35 miles from the Atlantic Ocean. And they say, how much did you win? And you go, oh, 150 quid. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that's the story of Mystic Meg. I don't know how long she was actually a part of the National Lottery. Obviously, the National ah. Lottery changed. It went through various permutations where they started making, you know, quizzes and games mm. out of it and game shows. And uh, I don't know, because a long time ago, I lost interest in it. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know how long it's been since Mystic Meg was on the National Lottery, but that was her claim to fame. She always seemed to me to look 50. She was weathered. You do, know. do you think? Yeah, I think she had a hard paper round. Yeah. <laughs> was, uh, she, she just always seemed to look 50 to me. She never aged or anything. No, but okay, fair I enough. also remember her from the newspaper. I'm sure. Oh, I think she had a column, didn't she? Yeah. Like horoscope column. After, after the lottery, I'm sure. Possibly. I can't yeah. remember which newspaper it was. Maybe The Sun or something I like that. I think it was. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, that, yeah, that was Mystic Meg. So, I mean, like I say, rest in peace to Mystic Meg. Yeah. She only died a week ago. And I just wanted to create this podcast as a little homage to her. Yeah. Just because, more because we kind of made fun a little bit last week. And yeah. I felt bad with her dying just a few days later. I really did feel bad about that. Yeah. So I wanted to make this week a, a sort of, a, yeah, a homage or, you know, a representation mm. of mystics around the world. So what I've done, Josh, is I've done my research now, obviously, this is we're an improvisational show, so these yeah. notes are quite sporadic. But I've actually gone through because I don't know how often Mystic Meg actually hit the target, hit the bullseye. Yeah, that's a good point. I have no idea. But also, just to defend you, we definitely did not know that she had passed when we recorded the last. Oh podcast. no, we didn't know. No, it was so, about four days afterwards. Yeah, I didn't even know she was ill. Yeah. Or, or anything like that, you know, if she was... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how she died. Maybe I should have done that research. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was, like, a long-standing disease or whether it was just a stroke or something instant, or, mm. you know. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so what I thought I'd do as a little tributary was we'd go through a list of people who made predictions that actually came true. Oh, I like this. I like the sound of this. Yeah. This is my kind of podcast. All right. Well, the thing is, a lot of these people on this list mm -hmm. aren't mystics. Oh, okay. They don't declare themselves as clairvoyant or anything like that, or as a medium. Okay. Um, a lot of them are just authors that happen to get things right. So I'll start off. So I'm not going to do this in, on, on – I've thought about doing it on a timeline, but I, the more sensational ones I want to leave towards the end. So I've just got a few at the start here that I've dug through. Mm -hmm. In 1898, a man called Morgan Robertson, he predicted – well, what, what I'll say, he wrote a book called Futility or the Wreck of the Titan. Okay. In the book, he describes – a massive ocean liner 
sets sail from England to America, hits an iceberg in the North Atlantic and sinks, killing over half of its passengers because it is ill-equipped with lifeboats. Now, does that story remind you of anything, Josh? Oh, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is that film with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the Titanic. And he predicted this 14 years before the Titanic set sail. The Titanic? I always thought it was Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> yeah. um, he claimed, obviously, not to be a clairvoyant. He said okay. that his story and obviously ended up becoming a prediction, was only based on his own knowledge of boats and maritime law and that sort of thing. Mm. And he just wrote it as a fiction novel. And that was 14 years before? 14 years before it actually happened. And his boat was called The Titan. Oh, that's, yeah, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that's close, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's pretty spot on. That's pretty spot on. So that's the first one. Next one, this guy you will have heard of, H.G. Wells. Yes. Um, another author. Another so, author, yeah. yeah. he done quite a lot of, like, really popular books okay. around the turn of the 20th century. Uh, in 1914, he wrote a book called The World Set Free. Hmm. And in it, he described a military arsenal similar to like a grenade or a missile that would explode indefinitely due to uh, enhancing the power of the atom. Oh, H.G. Okay. Wells did study atomic science, so he knew something about this. But this was in 1914. This is something like nearly 30 years before the Americans actually started experimenting with atomic bombs. Wow. Okay. That's it's insane that they're not mystics and they're getting and pretty it, close. Got the prediction right, yeah, that, that they would create the atomic bomb. He didn't predict that the little boy and fat man would hit Nagasaki and Hiroshima, obviously, <laughs> right. but he did live to see it happen. Oh wow! Okay, so in 1945 they dropped those bombs. He died in 1946, Damn. knowing that what he had predicted in his book had actually come to pass it's interesting because you want to kind of go back into their brains in those times and try and work out why they predicted it or how yeah it's almost just a random thing yeah that is a a, a just an out there one really So far, I have to say, the Titanic one so far is the winner. It's it's sticking with me. It's the winner, okay. Um, Not to say that that wasn't impressive, but so far, that that first one you said about the Titanic, that's actually more impressive. Okay, I'm going to go skip ahead one. I'm going to come down here to a guy called Edgar Case. Okay. Who you will not have heard of. He was a, a, a mystic. Okay. He was very popular in the early 1920s. Uh, and he, he actually v- was visited by some quite prevalent people back then. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd, they'd come to him, go into a trance, and he would answer questions on either a personal level or even about like national politics and that sort of thing. Okay. And in 1925, he predicted the 1929 Wall Street crash, which was the start of the Great Depression in America. 
Wow. Four years before it happened. And it actually happened. And it happened. On the date that he said. Well, he didn't give it a date, but the year. Oh, got you. He got the year right. He got the year right on when it. Doing a lot of (laughs) microphone knocking in this episode. We're Um, just so excited about predictions. We are. Okay, so he, I mean, I I honestly had never heard of that guy before I started this research. So that's only a small entry. This next guy I definitely heard of. Nikola Tesla. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, he is, a lot of people call him an inventor. He didn't Mm. really invent that much. He reinvented things. He'd build on other people's designs and improve them. And he did patent certain things, certain designs. I think it was the uh, the alternating current uh, generator Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. He is the guy that brought the national grid of electricity to America. Thomas Edison couldn't do it. He wanted to do it in direct current. Nikola Tesla knew that direct current wouldn't work, and he wanted to do it in alternating current. And the two of them had a massive falling out, went their separate ways... Honestly, if you're into your history and that sort yeah. of thing, th- these two were like bickering Burton Ernie. You make it sound as if they're next door neighbours. <laughs> well, they, well, Tesla worked for Edison for a, for a short time. Oh, so they weren't that far away. No, they? not that far away. Um, Edison promised Tesla something like $10,000 if he could f- solve this problem with like electricity that you ah. got. Tesla sold it, solved it, asked for the ten grand, and Edison went, oh, I was only joking. So he... Nikola Tesla was like, F you. <laughs> I'm going my own way. And he went off and started like researching and getting with other people. And he actually brought the national grid of electricity to America, which Edison couldn't do. They were, there was, a, I mean, to study these two would make us podcast in its own. Oh, I hope we come back to it because that's really interesting. But in 1909, Nikola Tesla had an interview with the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And in that interview, he sort of outlined some predictions of his own for the future. Even though it wasn't, like, clairvoyant, he just said, I really believe... He predicted Wi-Fi. Okay. Wireless information transfer. Mobile devices. He said that one day people will be able to access information and talk to each other by a, a, a handset or some device that they can carry on their person. And video calling, like Skype and FaceTime Mm. and that sort of thing. He genuinely believed that people would hold a device in their hand, that they could talk to each other thousands of miles separate. Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi was invented in 1990. Yeah, that's a fair 81 years after Nikola Tesla (laughs) A few years, yeah. I mean... I, I I love the story of Nikola Tesla. He's mm. I, I got nothing but admiration for the man. And when I when I found out about this prediction, I thought yes, yeah. that's got to go into the podcast because he's one of my heroes. It's crazy as well, not to um, kind of interrupt or anything, and I don't want to ruin the flow. But is you know when um, you kind of have elderly people or grandparents, and mm-hmm. they're trying to use technology, and us being you know thirty, forty years younger, going, how do you not understand it? It's simple. You just press yeah, this button, look, so. just tap there, and it shows you your emails. What's yeah. an email? <laughs> it's crazy to think though when you actually think about how much like the elderly and sixty plus years people have seen like the the television and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. and, and when you think about when we were in school, like we didn't have the ability to FaceTime Australia. No. Do you know what I mean? So all of this technology has only really been, what, the last 20, 30 years? Oh, yeah, yeah, In yeah. a way? And, I uh, mean, I, I'm 
nearly 10 years older than you, mm. when I was in school, computers were very basic. Yeah. Like Windows 3.1 was <laughs> yeah. there. You know, we didn't even have Windows 95 back then. Mm-hmm. And it was all floppy disks and, and stuff yeah. like that. And even, you know, in my lifetime, I can remember I grew up in an age without a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Without yeah. even a mobile phone, I was 18 before I got my first mobile phone. It was a crappy little analog thing that the screen didn't work. So when it rang, yeah. I didn't even know who was trying to contact me. It's nuts. And I also I saw a video the other day. This just shows how time has gone, and it, it just makes no sense. Is there was a video of like a, some teenage girl, and she was like, "Oh, I think it would be really good if someone invented like a mobile phone that just stays at home that everyone can use in case of emergencies." <laughs> and it's like, what? Like a landline? Yeah, a landline. It's like we have those. Wow, like, wouldn't it be great if someone invented that? Yeah, but it's crazy. Isn't I it? saw a video that. Uh, some parents had taken a video of these couple of teenagers trying to work out how to use. Do you remember the old phones where you with a dial on yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, pick a number and it goes. <laughs> like that. And they were trying to figure it out. They didn't know that they had to lift the handset first. Yeah. So they were trying to dial buttons and then lift it. And they yeah. just couldn't work it out. And then James at work couldn't work out how to use a VCR, didn't he? He pulled the That's tape right. out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, no, he's never known anything but DVDs and, yeah. and online and stuff. So. There's only 10 years gap between us, really, between me, you and James. There's only 10 well, years. Well, 20 years, yeah. yeah. I'm 10 years older than you, you're 10 years older than James. And yeah, yeah. Mean, the difference between me and him is massive. But Yeah, great. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail. That's all, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, going back to my list of uh, predictors. Mm-hmm. Mark Twain was not known for his predictions. He was known yeah. for his writings. He was an American author. I right. recognise the name, Mark Yeah, he's got a uh, silver hair with a moustache and a white suit. Kind of looked like your dad. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Sanders looking. Um, but yeah, he, he wrote obviously quite a lot. He was just a, a reporter and wrote books and that sort of thing. And before he died, he wrote his own autobiography, and he wrote his own autobiography. Yeah, he wrote an autobiography. Okay. Uh, about a year before his death, he, in his autobiography, I quote this, it's, he says, I came in with Halley's Comet in 1835. It is coming again next year, and I expect to go out with it. Halley's Comet is a regular visitor. Mm-hmm. It orbits the sun around about every 75 years. Oh, okay. So 1835, it did make a passing. On the 20th of April, 1910, Halley's Comet became visible in the sky. Mm, close Mark to home. Twain died the next day. Wow. That's creepy. Isn't it? <laughs> that is creepy. Talk about got... predicting your own death. No, several, but I haven't included everybody like that on this list. But several people did predict their own death. Some of them, it was only a couple of days before. There was one woman who was who, who, who was quite fraudulent. Really, she predicted the end of the world several times wrongly, and then mm. like on her deathbed, literally. Minutes before she died, she said, oh, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> and so she's also attributed with predicting her own death. But this guy did it a year before he actually yeah. died. And wow. he got it accurate. That's impressive. That is very impressive. Okay, so f- another writer, Jules Verne. This guy mm. was around in uh, the mid 
nineteenth uh, century, around eighteen sixty-five, he predicted the moon landing. Okay, a hundred years before it happened, he wrote a book from the Earth to the Moon. Okay, eighteen sixty-five. Now, considering Jules Verne wrote things like Journey to the Centre of the Earth and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, he was kind of a science fiction writer anyway. Okay. But, I mean, this is 1865, and he's already saying, we're going to travel to the moon. And it's not just that that is spooky about how much he got right. Um, He predicted that there would be three astronauts on board Oh, come on. No way. They would launch from Florida. How would he know this? Who knows? This is this really strange one. He predicted that the astronauts would experience no gravity, which was a concept not known to science at the time. My mind is blown. How? Three strong predictions, all of them true. Yeah. That's insane. From a guy who's not clairvoyant. He's just a science science yeah. fiction writer. Okay, that one's more impressive than the Titanic. That's the top of the list. Yeah? Now. Yeah, that's, that's blowing my mind, actually, to be fair. What about this guy, then? Um, you will have heard of this guy. Leonardo da Vinci. Mm, doesn't ring a bell. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Mona Lisa. Oh, yeah, no, I know him he from... He predicted the Mona Lisa. He <laughs> did. <laughs> By painting it. <laughs> um, I know him uh, from those Tom Hanks films. Isn't that the one? The Da Vinci Code. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Because that starts with the, the Mona Lisa. No, I'm just that, being silly, yeah. Leonardo Da Vinci. <coughs> classic. Legend. Yeah. So, Da Vinci. One of the, the all-time geniuses of mankind. Yeah, yeah. Between... 14, the mid-1480s and 1519, when he died, he kept notebooks of all of his thoughts, all of his impressions, his ideas. Obviously, he invented a lot of things, mm-hmm. but there's some things on a list here that we can't actually say that he invented them because he didn't. All he came up with was a design idea or an artistic impression of something that he believed would happen in the future. Yeah, I mean, suppose that's still kind of technically inventing it, if you've come up with the idea first. Well, he never actually built the helicopter. Oh, okay. But he did draw a picture of it. Oh, uh, I know, yeah, I know the one you mean. You know the one with, like, the spiral yeah. um, fabric that goes up and, and when it turns it lifts up? Yes. He came up with the idea of a helicopter. He also came up with the idea of armoured tanks. Oh, I didn't know that one. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, his idea was more of just, like, a set of wheels, somewhere to hold the people and armouring around it. It didn't have, like, guns on the front and, mm. you know, the, the amount of technology that we put into our tanks these days. Didn't predict that. But he did come up with an idea for armoured tanks. So he was just mainly painting and drawing these things? Yeah. Got you. Okay, just scribbling yeah. them down in his notebook. And the problem is, as well, people didn't realise that he'd even come up with these ideas for hundreds of ye- years after his death. Damn. And they actually started going through his notes and finding ideas for helicopters, armoured tanks, bicycle chain. The bicycle wow. hadn't been invented yet. There's drawings in his notebook that look remarkably like a bicycle chain that you'd find on your bike. And this one really does blow my mind. He 
drew a plan for a parachute. <laughs> no way. And in the year 2000, a brave guy, really brave, called Nick Adrian Nicholas built Leonardo da Vinci's design for a parachute and tested it by jumping out of a hot air balloon at 3,000 metres. Wow. And it worked. There's it worked like a charm. And Adrian Nicholas said, when he actually hit, hit the ground, he said the ride was smoother than a modern parachute, but because the material was so much heavier yeah, yeah. than what we have these days, the landing was a bit hazardous. Got it, yeah. it, might, it might have caused him some injury on landing because he was coming in a bit yeah, hot. Broken bones and stuff, yeah. But from 3,000 metres, he jumped out of a hot air balloon and survived. That's incredible. Now, there's a lot to dissect there. That's a 400-year-old design. So, parachutes weren't around, like, what, until the year 2000? Oh, no, what? parachutes were uh, designed, uh, I want to say, towards the end of the 19th century. Oh, of course, because World Wars and stuff, they would have had parachutes. Yeah, yeah I'm being stupid. So, what, what was it in 2000 then that he had the design he he got the design out of leonardo da vinci's notebook Mm. stitched together a hessian um parachute strapped it to his back and jumped out of a hot air balloon just to see if it would work that takes cojones man yeah yeah big cojones on that guy but it did work da vinci predicted that parachutes would be a thing this guy da vinci is his name Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's really smart. He is. Basically, possibly the world's number one genius. I would say probably ahead of Einstein and Mm. Stephen Hawking. Because he's got his fingers in so many pies. (laughs) Art, music, design, you know. And, and, yeah, Da Vinci is literally, if I was to pick one person from history Mm -hmm. that was the greatest, most influential man in history... Da Vinci would be the guy. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you there. Not this next guy. <laughs> all right. Nostradamus. Now, yeah. we've all heard of Nostradamus, haven't we? We have. Greek guy. Uh, like, sure not entirely sure. Nostradamus? His, uh, his predictions were written in a book called Les, Les Prophetis. So it uh, might have been French. I'm not entirely sure. Ah, uh, French-Canadian, yeah, I know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nostradamus, uh, yes, he was big on the old predictions, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, he was around, uh, around the 1550s, mm-hmm. so a long time ago. Now, let's go through some of the things that he got right. <laughs> right, yeah. Because Nostradamus didn't get everything right. Yeah. There are, you know, so, some people say around about 50% of his predictions, some people say around about 70 no one would give him higher than 80 to 90% accuracy. But the thing is, Nostradamus's collection of predictions are so vast, so expansive, and so vague Mm -hmm. that you could almost look back at any sort of point in history, like the motor car being invented, and go, oh, Nostradamus is... He said that about that, because, look, a worry-burly thing. (laughs) You know, it it is... It's quite, it's quite Welsh, speculative. The Welsh came out there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, okay, 
Let's go through them. 1666, the Great Fire of London. He predicted that. Okay. His prediction, I quote, The blood of the just will be lacking in London, burned up by the fire of 66. Impressive. 1789, the French Revolution. <laughs> These are hundreds of years apart. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah. I mean, yeah, clearly over 200 years after his after he was alive, uh, 1789. Um, and he wrote, From the enslaved populace, songs, chants, and demands, while princes and lords are held captive in prisons. That really does mm-hmm. sort of portray the French Revolution, where obviously the citizens uprose. Yeah, vive la France. Them. Yeah. Um, now... You know, we might as well just go straight into this one because he actually, it's supposed that he predicted the end of the world Mm. in 1999. The 4th of July, 1999. I remember the day very well. I also remember the next day when I woke up (laughs) amazed that I was still alive. (laughs) You fully believed in Nostradamus. In fact, a lot of newspapers, as their headlines said, Nostradamus was wrong. Disregard if the world ended yesterday. Stuff like that. (laughs) Just taking the mickey. But what he actually wrote was, From the sky shall come a great king of terror, revived the great king Anglemois, before and after Mars reign, as chance will have it. And... For some reason, everybody thought that meant the end of the world. I don't know how that That didn't translate to me. Some people think that from the sky shall come a great king of terror means the Antichrist. Oh. Maybe the Antichrist Mm. was born in 1999. But at the moment, that would put him 24 years old. So we still haven't, the world still hasn't ended from the Antichrist yet. Mm. And if you predicted the end of the world in 1999, why would then you then go on to predict stuff that happens after 1999? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Like the death of Queen Elizabeth. What? Don't tell me he got that right. Yep, he got it right. Um, oh, come on. What he started doing was writing what he called a quatrain. And he would label them with a month and year. So quatrain 1022 was the death of Queen Elizabeth. And he even went on to say that King Charles would abdicate the throne after Queen Elizabeth's death. His quote is, because they disapproved of his divorce, a man who later considered unworthy, the people will force out the king of the island, a man will replace who never expected to be king. Mm. So... Yeah, he predicted Queen Elizabeth would die and Charles will take the throne. But for whatever reason, Charles, he predicts that Charles will abdicate mm. because of the general population's disdain for his wife, which is fair, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then he will replace by a man who never expected to be king. Now, some people think that this means something's going to happen to Prince William, and that Harry will get the throne. I can't see that happening now. <laughs> I think... I don't know, because obviously William expects to be king at some point. Yeah, I think he'd be a good king. I think he would, yeah. These are all things that are now are starting to happen this year. 
Like, so has he taken a step back from the throne? No, not yet. Oh, not as far as we know. But good. imagine if Nostradamus was kind of right and something this year happened to William ending oh, his life. Touch wood, touch wood. I, and yeah, no, obviously, you know, long live the royal family and hope that nothing, no tragedy happens here. But if Nostradamus's prediction is right, it could mean that something will happen possibly to William and Kate that means William can't take the throne. Mm. England revolts against King Charles III, who then abdicates because of all this pressure that's on him, and then Harry gets the throne. Possibly. But now you've said that, if something does happen, next week's podcast has to be about the royal family, <laughs> because you've predicted that. So. I haven't predicted anything. This is Nostradamus. Oh, yeah, yeah okay? Nostradamus, yeah. I, And... Um, he also predicted the Ukraine war. No way, man. Seven months, the Great War, people dead of evil doing. Ruin Evero shall not fall to the king. And it's been stated that people should hold up in ruin um, until it, it's, it's all over. And this last one, Quatrain 523, it's two months from now. Oh, no. The two contenders will unite together when most others unite with Mars. The African leader is fearful and trembles. The dual alliance is separated by the fleet. So Africa and Mars are going to go to war with each other? No. <laughs> but this could be a reference to Elon Musk. Oh. Who was born in South Africa. Oh, come on! No way! <laughs> and has plans to go to Mars. And this year, he'll be testing the Starship, its first orbital mission. We're not going to top it. We might as well end the podcast now. <laughs> this is... Well, we're still not sure who the two contenders will unite together are. NASA? It could be NASA and Elon Musk. I don't know. I mean, this, mm. that's the thing. These things, they're so cryptic. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Nostradamus got wrong, because those are hella good. So... They are good, aren't they? But Nostradamus, I'm going to say, because we're nearly at the end of the podcast now. Oh, no. Nostradamus is not the greatest predictor that's ever lived. Okay. Do you want to know who takes that title? Yeah. I think you already know who takes that title. Is it The Simpsons? The Simpsons. Oh, yes. Okay, I have a list. I have a list. And I can't, I'm not going to be so bold to say as this is every prediction that they've ever oh, come they've up with. Oh, they've got an insane amount. But th there's a few on this list. So I've mm -hmm. got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 yep. predictions. There's actually a conspiracy. How many do you think that you... Let's make a game! Okay. How many do, do you think you can list? And you might even come up with some that I haven't. Okay, I reckon I could easily get five, at yeah. least. Okay. Um, I will just quickly say, because I know we are towards the end, there is a massive conspiracy theory that Matt Groening is from the future, and he's... <laughs> that is a genuine conspiracy theory. So that theory. wouldn't be a prediction, then, would it? It would no. just be, like, remembering his um, own history. Okay, let's, let's go through these quick, then. Uh, I know the Trump one for president. Tick. Um, I know the Disney buys Fox... One. Yeah, tick. Uh, I know. Oh, my mind's gone blank. Um, 
No, it's, come on! You're the greatest recaller of Simpsons episodes no. I've ever known. Oh, the voting scandal! Voting scandal tick, yeah. Um, I know we had a conversation about it not too long ago as well. Uh, no, I just okay. I don't want to ruin the podcast. Let's, let, okay, let's 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 end the suspense. Okay, in order of my list. Lady Gaga Super Bowl performance. I knew that one as well. Yeah, yeah. In one episode, she performed for Springfield, flying around on strings, yeah. and that's exactly what she did at the Super Bowl. The outfit was pretty similar as well. Yeah. In one episode, Mars and Homer enter the Olympics in the ice curling competition and win. Okay. For the United States, that actually happened in 2018. United the States US won. won the gold for curling. Disney purchases. Fox and President Trump, you've already mentioned. The horse meat scandal. The horse when meat. it was found that horse meat was found in burgers and school foods and stuff like that. Yeah, they yeah. actually predicted that. Uh, the Higgs boson particle <laughs> equation yeah. is an interesting one because uh, there was an episode where Homer became an inventor. Mm-hmm. He was, I think he was actually trying to trace Thomas Edison, wasn't he, as inventions. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where he writes, writes a, a formula on the blackboard <laughs> that at the time made no sense at all. And then when the Large Hadron Collider managed to actually detect the boson, Higgs boson particle, the physicists looked at the equation that Homer had written on the blackboard and found that it was dangerously close no to what they had found. And this was something like 10 years later. That's insane. Uh, the three-eyed fish that Bart... Uh, fishes out of the uh, that's real yes a guy I think it was in Argentina went fishing I think it was night fishing pulled out a fish stuck it in his net or whatever next day looked at it realised it had got three eyes oh blinky yeah blinky the fish yeah it happened and he was actually in uh, fishing in a body of water that a nuclear power plant had got an outlet into Mm. there we go smart watches Smart watches. Yes. I knew about The Simpsons predicting. I remember the episode where Marge is on the screen and they predicted kind of like FaceTime. Oh, quite uh, possibly, yeah. There's another one then. Uh, but Smart Watches, there's uh, an episode where Lisa um, goes to visit like a medium and she tells her about her future. And when she's meeting her future husband, he has a smartwatch. He leans over and he's like, into his smartwatch. No way. And then someone pushes a cow out of a, out of a bush that says, <laughs> marry me on it or something like that. But smartwatches were, yeah, then. That's cool. Siegfried and Roy Tiger oh, Yes, I knew about that one, yeah. They That's actually, a... they predicted the mauling that actually happened yeah. to them. Isn't, I'm pretty sure the <clears throat> video of the actual mauling is pretty close to the it's cartoon as pretty well. Pretty close, yeah. yeah. He was actually dragged off the stage into the wings and sustained so much injury to his neck that he couldn't carry on performing mm-hmm. as that. They did do one or two little shows afterwards, but the show was ended. They, they gave up show business after that. The Shard in London. I don't know this one at all. Right, so there was an episode, again, I think it was set in the future, mm-hmm. where just one scene uh, shows the image of Big Ben. In the back, in, in the background, you can see London Bridge, and next to it, a building that looks suspiciously like the Shard in potentially the right location mm-hmm. before the sh- plans for the Shard were even made. Wow. 
That's pretty good. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I thought of another one. Oh, nine eleven. Bart's comic book. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's funny how my mind goes... I didn't put it down for some reason. My mind goes blank, and now as you're reading them through, some of them come... Yeah, uh, 9-11 was on the front of uh, Bart's comic book or something, and it had the Twin Towers with the plane going into it. Right, yeah, I think... Yeah, I have heard that one. There was one episode that got two predictions right in one. What, two predictions in one episode? Two predictions in one. Right. Uh, The FIFA corruption scandal. (laughs) Okay. And Germany winning the World Cup. Damn. Okay. Both in the same episode. Uh, That's impressive. Faulty voting machines. Yeah, yeah. When people went to vote for Barack Obama, it was just automatically selecting the (laughs) other... Yeah, it was. Mick Mick Romney or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that happened in The Simpsons first. Um, Stephen Hawking uh, was a, a guest star in one of the episodes... And he ah. happened to say, while in Moe's Tavern, talking to Homer, that Homer had an interesting theory about the universe being donut-shaped and Stephen Hawking was going to steal it. <laughs> Nowadays, there is a scientific model of the theory be- of the universe being donut-shaped. Well, is this different to Flat Earth, or is it... Yeah, different to Flat Earth. Okay. This is the whole universe, everything. It's not just... Oh, the universe. Yeah, the whole universe. I thought you meant the Earth for some Rather yeah. than it being uh, an infinite thing that just goes on forever, it collapses back into itself and creates this donut shape rather than just being oh, a sphere. Oh, that's cool. And that is a popular scientific model. And obviously, the last few, Ukraine crisis... Mm. They predicted quite a long time ago. Coronavirus. Oh yes, with the package the, and the, yeah, yeah, the pandemic. They they and the death of Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, they predicted that as well. And the superinflation that came after Donald Trump's presidency. Oh, that we're now experiencing today. Well done, Matt Groening. He's done well there. And those, I mean, that is. Probably not all of the predictions that they've done. No, but there's probably a lot more. A lot more. And that's actually re- really interesting, uh, the fact that the, there's a conspiracy theory of Matt Groening being from the future. And when you see the results and how they're so – the details and everything are so accurate, it's hard to say he's Yeah. He's and a not. lot of these, this stuff is just kind of in the background as well. You mm-hmm. don't even realise They don't it. make a big deal out of it. But what I find most interesting – is the examples that they predict without actually predicting it in a way. They're just mm. kind of doing an episode. The outfits and the the little details in the scene that's only a few seconds long is so scarily accurate. Yeah, like yeah, the Lady Gaga is, yeah. outfit was the, pretty much the same. President Trump where Homer's following oh, him down the escalator. Spot on. The same outfit, the everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah, same layout. It's, it's it is it's absolutely amazing. So, I mean, we've we got to start putting these things to the, the paranormality scale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've already overshot our time a little bit, just because this is such an interesting thing. Oh, I, mean, I love it. I've really enjoyed it. So, I mean, I, I, how, do you, how do you rate this, though? I mean, obviously, these things have actually come to pass. Mm-hmm. You know, these are th- predictions that were made... That have happened. Yeah. So, I mean, mediums and stuff, like Mystic Meg and that, like, I mean, surely some of them aren't just, you know, 
trying to con people yeah. and you know there have got to be some genuine ones out there like the Simpsons <laughs> it's yeah. not a medium it's insane. it can't but, just be random coincidence can it there's no, got to be some sort of truth or science behind it surely it has to be got to be uh, I'm going to go straight in I've really enjoyed this episode well done mate and thank you I'm going to give it an 8.8 8.8 yep to be honest I was thinking pretty much exactly the same yeah 8.8. I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, we'll just go with that. Yeah, let's do it. Both, both on 8.8, so the average is obviously 8.8. <laughs> <laughs> I could work that one out. My maths is terrible. Oh, I'll let you do the maths next time. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> All right. Well, well done, mate. I really yeah. enjoyed that. that and was it was honestly, it was really interesting actually investigating this mm. this week because I didn't intend to do it. Uh, obviously, when I last spoke to you last week, I said I was going to do a completely different episode. Mm-hmm. You've arrived here today thinking that I was going to do that other episode. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of sprang this one on you. But I'm glad it's you been did. so interesting. Very interesting. Doing this research. And just, I, I'm, I, I'm blown away by the amount of predictions that people have made mm. that are not Nostradamus. Yeah, uh, yeah. That have actually come true. Yeah, I almost feel like Nostradamus is like the black sheep of the predictors in yeah. a way, isn't he? He is a bit, a bit yeah. mysterious, a bit dark. Um, no, very, very good. So man. I'm going to predict something. Yeah, I'm going to predict that the person listening to this podcast is going to hit the like and subscribe <laughs> button, leave us a rating, leave us a review, and I'm going to predict that you'll be back next week. And yeah. until then, I've been Pirate. I'm Josh. This has been Paranormality UK. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.